Hey there, this is MJ. I love Star Wars, and I want to talk about Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 4 right now, which is, uh, you know, I don't remember the name of it. Uh, I think it was called Unfinished Business. And, yeah, that's what it was called. It was called Unfinished Business, and my overall review of it is I liked it. I thought it was very good. Uh, had a lot of fun. There were actually some uh, moments where I, uh, you know, gasped or, uh, you know, made audible noises of... Uh, not pleasure, but of, of being pleased by the episode. So that was pretty cool. Um, the overall arc, I think, is really good. I think it'll be better to watch in a big, long run. Um, so maybe when we're doing a family movie night and say, hey, everybody, let's watch you know this arc of the Clone Wars Season 7, and uh, we'll all be able to enjoy that. I, I really do think it'll play better that way. And, uh, you know, that's fine. But individually, I didn't have a problem. And, and last episode being all action was good. This episode... You know, there was a little bit of intrigue that I was expecting to pay off with Echo, and the tension was definitely there, but uh, it didn't end up being what I thought it was going to be, and, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't mind my expectations being subverted this time, probably because it's been so uh, such a short time since the last episode that I didn't really have time to really get my mind spinning on what exactly could be going on with Echo. Um, at least, well, I figured it was one of two possibilities, and one of the two would happen, so it was a 50-50 chance that I'd be right. Um... So I just kind of let it go and said, hey, I'll roll with it and see what happens. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk about some uh, other things, and I'll come back to Echo and his pathos and everything. Uh, I really liked the fact that uh, Mace Windu got to be funny. Um, he got a great comedic moment where he was trying to tell the battle droids to surrender, and I thought it was a cool idea that was introduced that these battle droids can be uh, reprogrammed and repurposed, uh, like in... Um, on Viego, we know Jabo, whatever his name is, uh, reprogrammed a bunch of battle droids and even some vulture droids to uh, be his personal servants as they were stuck on, is it Iego or Viego? I'm pretty sure it's Viego, which was, you know, a reference to episode one. Uh, you know, Anakin says to Padme that she looks like one of the moons of Viego that he's heard about it from some of the pilots. Anyway, uh, I like that he got that comedic moment. Uh, I thought it was interesting that, and I noticed this in like, uh, the episode was Sifo-Dyas from episode six from the Lost or season six, the Lost Missions. Uh, when they're going after him, Anakin and Obi Wan are doing crazy jumps where they're just they're like flying through the air, and uh, it was interesting to me that for so long, uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars had kept the Jedi's abilities really grounded. Um, but even uh, I recently rewatched because it's one of my favorite uh, sets of episodes, the uh, Jar Jar and Mace Windu team up episode uh, again from the Lost Missions. Um, and in that, Mace is just all over the place, jumping super long distances. They mostly show, no, he jumps like 20 feet in the air too, which I know Luke did that in Empire Strikes Back, but it's just interesting to see how, uh, that sort of thing gets played with. And focusing back on what I was saying before, in the earlier seasons of the Clone Wars, Star Wars The Clone Wars, they didn't really do that versus in like the Clone Wars micro series, uh, the Jedi were doing crazy stuff. You know, Mace Windu takes out, you know, 100 battle droids in a battle. He, you know, p force pulls the bolts out of some of them and they fall apart. And then he, you know, throws those to other uh, battle droids and it damages them and, you know, tears them apart. And then he punches some of them with the force and just like all sorts of crazy stuff. And he just like flies, you know, he jumps hundreds and hundreds of feet. Um, and it's not a problem. And it worked there. Uh, but it was interesting that we didn't really get to see that in Star Wars The Clone Wars until some later seasons. And um, some of it surprised me, like Mace and Obi-Wan when they're infiltrating, you have the troopers using their. Uh, I don't know what you call them, but like the lines that they rappel down on. Uh, and then you have some guys who have the jetpacks like Cody who, you know, they have jetpacks so they can fly down and they go ahead and do that. And first of all, all that stuff looked cool, but it almost took me out of it for a moment because Mace and Obi-Wan just fall. And I thought like, oh man, no, what, you know, like all of them going down these great distances and then using the force to soften their landing, which 
I think is legit and I like, and I, I wish that it would be used more in the live action, but maybe they think it looks too goofy. I don't know. To me, it's goofy that live action versus animation wouldn't match their abilities because they're still Jedi regardless. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, it, it looked a little goofy and it kind of took me out of it, uh, but I liked it. Oh, and I'm going to say uh, this is going to fuel more people saying that Mace Windu definitely survived his fall out of the window. All he did was get forced thrown out of window, a window, and if Palpatine somehow survived because he died at some point, but we don't know exactly when that was. Um, if Palpatine survived, then Mace Windu was able to survive because he was way less jacked up or whatever. Uh, although he didn't have hands. <laughs> Did he use his wrist nubs to, like, anyway. Um, so, like I said, that kind of took me out of it, but overall it was enjoyable, and it's a fun thing to at least, you know, talk about. So to get a little bit more serious for a few minutes, I was really impressed by Echo's struggle, by Echo's plight, by the fact that, uh, what are they called? Clone Squad 99, the Bad Batch, whatever, uh, got to have moments where they didn't quite know if they could trust Echo and they were suspicious of him potentially being a traitor, but we got to see Anakin and Rex having faith in their old buddy. And uh, I just... I really like, I really like that dynamic in this episode. I guess that's all I really have to say with it, uh, say about that. Um, I thought the setup of from the end of last episode where his eyes were kind of suspicious looking. I don't can't remember if there was like creepy or suspenseful music, but definitely there was a look in Echo's eyes um, that kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, but that wasn't uh, that was played on for tension here. But it turned out that he's good all along, unless at some point he. Uh, is going to turn bad down the line. Um, that would be interesting to find out or, or to see in a later story. Uh, but I, I like how his arc ended with him joining up with the Bad Batch. Um, they're all, a, you know, they're a band of misfits, basically. And he's a misfit, too. Uh, you know, Tech can directly or can directly access a lot of different things and has a lot of knowledge. But uh, Echo can now directly interject or, or interface with... Uh, technology because he has the droid socket thing that or communication socket I guess is what you might call it the thing that was in R2 he's got that on his arm now so that was pretty interesting and I think they all kind of had a moment where they said hey man we're all freaks and uh, if you ever want to join us you can because you know you're a freak too <laughs> and uh, I appreciated that not the freak thing and, and that's something to laugh at but just the brotherhood and the camaraderie and the acceptance that they have and especially because they had gone through this trial or this crucible type thing with him where they doubted him they were so suspicious like i think they were getting ready to attack him or hunter was just in case he went off and betrayed them but you know it didn't turn out that way so i liked uh that it ended on a high note uh that it ended positively especially because uh there's so much dark stuff in the clone wars and it's leading to the darkness that is revenge of the sith so it's nice for there to be something feel good even in this arc where there were some, you know, truly horrendous things. Like the whole thing about what they've done to Echo, the the CIS, and how his body's been transformed. I mean, it's, you know, it's a little scary looking. And uh, I, I think that's nice. I think it's nice that they're blending um, the... I don't know how else to say it, but like the freakishness, the horror of what's happened to his body and how he's been disfigured uh, purposely and maliciously uh, with, you know, evil intent by the CIS... Uh, but how he's going to live with that and how 
part of the way he's going to do that is by going off with the Bad Batch, who were kind of born uh, with those differences baked into them because they were defective, so to speak, uh, but that they've made those defections uh, or those defects work uh, in their benefit. So I really like it overall. Very positive. Very good. Speaking of the darkness of Revenge of the Sith that is coming, we got to see Anakin do some uh, bad things. He threatened and uh, coerced and beat up and then eventually killed. Uh, uh, I would say it was a justified killing. It's right on the line between murder and killing, but I, I, I do think it was a good kill. And by that, I mean a clean kill. And by that, I mean a justifiable homicide uh, to use. Uh, no, it wouldn't be homicide. Anyway, uh, but... I think Anakin interrogating and torturing the information for the, uh, the code or whatever. Yeah. The code out of, um, oh man, Mr. Face, spider face. I can't remember his name now. Trench, Admiral Trench, uh, was totally justified. Uh, I honestly, I kind of enjoyed him going hard on the guy and I feel a little bit bad about that because I do like heroes that don't compromise on their morals. Um, but, you know, an anti-hero is satisfying to watch every now and then. And it sure was satisfying to watch Anakin chop off Trench's robotic arms. He could have gone for his flesh arms, but he didn't. So that shows to me that Anakin was uh, just using... Uh, <sighs> it was very aggressive negotiations that he was using there. And uh, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Um, good or bad, you know, <laughs> we can have a debate about whether he was right... of uh, Whether he was right to do that or not. Uh, but I think the fact that there were you know, lives of hundreds of clones on the line, plus, uh, you know, a couple of Jedi too, because um, that whole facility was going to get blown up if they didn't get the code. Uh, he did the right thing. Then uh, he had actually saved their lives, and then Trench, after the fact, attacked him, and then he retaliated and killed him. Did he stab him through the head or the, like, I think maybe it was through the chest. Um, but that was a pretty grisly uh, killing right there. Um, I was impressed by that and, uh, not impressed in a good or bad way. Just, I was a little surprised and taken aback that they went, uh, so drastic with that. And, uh, I still thought it was a good kill, especially because Trench has been responsible as a general for the deaths of so, so many beings. And I don't even know, you know, if, if he and his homies were cool with, uh, doing what they did to Echo, how many other, uh, people did they do that to? before they perfected on him, perhaps? I, I don't know. Uh, but um, I think given the fact that he's an active warrior whose object is to kill as many organics as he can uh, in order to, uh, you know, complete a conquest for the CIS, I'm okay with Anakin killing him at the time. I don't think it was him going to the dark side. What I think was a shadow of the dark side was Anakin saying, I don't have such weaknesses uh, when he uh, told... <laughs> When he told Trent's like, yeah, I'm going to keep threatening you until you give me the information, uh, you know, to turn this bomb off. And I don't know. I like that. I, I, I like that little bit of badness in, in Anakin, I will admit. Um, and gosh, it was just enjoyable to see. So, uh, overall, I really like this episode. Like I said earlier, uh, I want to watch the whole thing as a set just all the way through as a, a little movie or not a little movie. It'll be a, a full fledged movie. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And, uh, I mean, honestly, I'm really looking forward to the Ahsoka stuff because, uh, I really like Ahsoka and her stories are great and they're more compelling. And I noticed, I think it was on the, I can't remember if it was the Star Wars Twitter or the Star Wars YouTube channel, but there's another 
season seven trailer and I thought, why is there another trailer? And I thought, oh, well, of course, because it's Ahsoka. Uh, anybody who hasn't gotten on the Clone Wars train and, and doesn't know about Ahsoka yet, they're going to want to know about her. And this is a great opportunity to introduce her uh, new people to her because so much of the Clone Wars centers on her and she's such an important figure in the series that uh, it's a great way repping Ahsoka well and doing right by her character in these last two arcs, which I believe are going to be all about her, uh, is going to do a lot to get people to watch the rest of the Clone Wars, I think, or Star Wars the Clone Wars. So anyway, uh, I'm going to go ahead and transition now into my ending spiel. So questions for the uh, comment section or for the, whether that's on YouTube or on the blog. Uh, did you think Anakin went too far? Uh, what do you think about the Jedi jumping around like that in the Clone Wars? Does it remind you of the Tartakovsky series, how they would do impossible feats? And uh, I kind of think Ray and Ben were doing that kind of stuff in Rise of Skywalker. Let me know if you think that's right. And let me know what you think about it overall, where you stand on it. Should they be able to move like that? Should they not be able to? Do you want to see the Force uh, enhanced Jedi even more? Or is it too much? Where do you stand on that whole thing? I, I would be curious to know. Uh, anyway, thank you for uh, sticking with me through this uh, MJ Loves Star Wars uh, episode sort of thing. Uh, you can check out mjmunoz.com for more of my work. I'm an aspiring author who will gladly accept your financial support through coffee, or you can buy merch from my Redbubble store. I have a really, I, I, well, I had a really awesome design that I put up there with the crystal code, you know, the crystal is the heart of the blade. The blade is the crystal of, or I can't remember how it goes, but that whole thing. Uh, and Redbubble approved it and then they took it down. So I just uploaded the uh, crossed sabers that I, I took away the words and just put the crossed sabers up there. Hopefully it's still up. Hopefully they won't take it down with all the other Star Wars art up there uh, available for you to purchase on a sticker, shirt, whatever you want. But anyway, you, you can check that out um, and see what you think about it. I also adapted the sabers for my uh, my logo on the show here. Anyway, uh, Swinging Through Comics, or actually, uh, I mean, MJ Loves Star Wars, uh, is in Swinging Through Comics. They're kind of a package deal right now. I might break off MJ Loves Star Wars into its own uh, podcast feed at a later date, but not just quite yet. Anyway, they can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and mjmunoz.com slash STC for now. Uh, relevant links are in the show notes. If you had a good time, like and share this. Subscribe and ring that bell to catch me next time. And may the force of others be with you.